Welcome to Main Menu for the week of November 16 through November 22nd, 2012. I'm your host, David Tanner, and very glad you could be with us here today on Main Menu. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. If you're a new listener, welcome in, and we are very happy to have you with us today here on Main Menu. We hope that you will enjoy the material we have for you today and that you will continue to come back as we will be featuring a lot of things that we are sure you want to hear from week to week here on Main Menu. This week on Main Menu, I, David Tanner, start out with an interview with Mr. Harry Brown and we are going to be talking about the driverless vehicle again. Uh, Harry is our expert on that, and we like to have Harry in at least a couple of times a year to tell us about the latest going on in that field and where it stands and where it's going. And it is going, folks, and it is going great. And you are going to be really excited to hear about all that great things that are going on and how soon different things are going to happen and some things that have already happened that are very encouraging. And then after that interview, David Woodridge from Vision Australia is going to come back and talk to us. This week he's going to be introducing the seventh generation of the iPod Nano and he's going to show us all about setting up voiceover and setting up our music library and so forth with the iPod Nano. And that's what we've got coming up here today on Main Menu. All right, well, let's see. We want to tell you that before we get into the program, that uh, NVDA has now officially come out with the 2012 Release 3 of the latest NVDA screen reader software. And yes, it is working with Windows 8 quite well, thank you, both from the keyboard and from touchscreen. So you may want to take a look at that and grab that. You can get that from www.nvda-project.org slash and that is of course free and there are all kinds of add-ons you can get for the program that will give you additional functionalities and again those add-ons are also free but they can add a ton of extra things to the basic program that you will find very interesting and very very useful all right let's get right on into the program for today you have a great week next week i will be out on vacation for a few days and chase crispin our executive producer will be sitting in the host chair next week you give chase a good chance and he's going to give you one heck of a program next week so you won't want to miss it have a great weekend we'll see you soon While you listen to Main Menu, do you ever think about a piece of technology that you've been thinking about purchasing, or just a piece of technology that you really want to hear about, but that you are unable to demonstrate for all of the Main Menu listeners? If so, we have a way for you to make those ideas be heard so that the Main Menu staff and other Main Menu listeners can produce segments on that topic. If you visit the Main Menu website at mainmenu.acbradio.org, you will find a link that says create an account. Creating an account is completely free and takes only a few seconds. Once you have an account, 
click on the link that says Segment Ideas. There, you will find a form to add an idea that you would like to see us cover on the show. If you see an idea in the list of ideas that you are able to cover for us on Main Menu, please click the Request This Idea link, which will let us know that you are able to cover this idea, and we will be in touch with you. We look forward to hearing your ideas for topics that we should be covering here on Main Menu. And, as always, thank you for your support in ACB Radio and in Main Menu. Well, I am very happy to have with me again today our expert on the driverless vehicles. Uh, We like to have Harry with us a couple of times a year to catch up on the latest going on in that field. And I know that Harry has told me he has oodles and gobs of information, and I think, you know, maybe, who knows, he's maybe even driven one of those things by now. (laughs) Welcome, Harry Brown, to Main Menu, and uh, I'm just going to turn it over to you, and you tell us all about what's the latest, and it is great to have you with us. Well, it's good to be back, Dave, and, uh, well, we've got quite a bit of news for you folks on driverless vehicles, and we're going to start with uh, back in uh, March of, uh, just after I came on, uh, Something happened on the 28th of March. Um, GM announced that they will be having uh, a piece of software on their, um, or a piece of technology on their uh, 2014 uh, vehicles called Super Cruise. And Super Cruise will let the vehicle drive itself uh, in traffic, uh, in in a traffic jam. So you just uh, let the vehicle drive, you push a button, and it drives itself uh, in the traffic jam and puts on the brakes when needed, speeds up when needed, slows down when needed, and uh, it's really good for city driving, that kind of thing. So that was what they announced. On April 1st, Florida, the state of Florida, became the second state to allow driverless cars on their highways behind uh, the state of Nevada. On... uh, the, uh, when the governor signed it into law on April 1st of 12. On April 23rd, um, GM executive says Cadillacs will be on the roads by 2020. So uh, they're already in the works uh, to do that with their Cadillacs. And uh, now some other companies like Ford and others have said 2017. So we'll have to see how that's going to work, if it's going to be 2017 or 2020. But uh, uh, GM said there that their Cadillacs will be on the roads uh, available to the public by 2020. On May 8th, the state of Nevada uh, lets the, uh, the, the DMV grants a license to Google for its uh, driverless vehicles. So you have Nevada and Florida. On the 26th of June, Ford announced that vehicles with traffic jam assist will uh, be on the market in 2016. 17. And so Florida, I mean, uh, Ford announced that. And uh, traffic jam assist is the same thing which uh, Super Cruise. Uh, it's going to let the vehicle drive itself in traffic jams. Uh, so that's that's how they're working that technology. Now, that's not just, uh, that's not totally automated everywhere, but that's, that's the next part of it that they're going to be uh, having that available. Now, I'm also hearing, though, from the industry that, uh, total automatic uh, or total automation will be could be as soon as 20, 
17. So we'll have to see how that's going to play out. But at least right there in that little uh, bit of info that Ford says that they're going to have traffic jam assist uh, in 2017. On June 30th of 2012, autonomous vehicles drive themselves at Thunder Hill Raceway in California at, are you ready for this, 150 miles an hour. And it drove perfectly on the track. It didn't hit any cones. It didn't hit any, uh, nobody, no animals, pedestrians. It didn't hit anyone, didn't get any in any accidents. And uh, the wonderful thing about that is now that we know that these vehicles can drive themselves at 150 mile an hour, uh, we can up the speed limit after the vehicles uh, are all on the roads, that we have all automated vehicles on our roads, we can up, up, uh, upgrade the speed limit to 150 miles an hour. Um, so you're going to get there twice as fast <laughs> as, you, as you would uh, driving uh, 70. So on the 6th of July of 2012, Ford says that they will have self, uh, totally, and this is why it's conflicting a little totally automated self-driving vehicles on the roads by 2017. On July 17, Toyota says they will have uh, Priuses that drive themselves on the market between 2015 and 2017. So that's Toyota, uh, what they're doing. So that's another uh, piece that's coming to fruition. You Toyota fans out there, uh, they will uh, be having their vehicles available to the public between 2015 and 2017. On August 17th, 2012, GM announced that Cadillacs that drive themselves totally will be on our roads by 2017. On August 17th, Google passed the 300,000 mile, uh, 300, mile mark in their vehicles uh, that drive themselves. They have a fleet of Toyota Priuses and those vehicles uh, past the 300,000 mile mark. Now they're up to about 320,000 miles now. Accident free. Uh, completely accident free on the roads in California and Nevada and Florida. September 25th of 2012, Governor Jerry Brown of California signs into law a bill to legalize driverless cars on California highways. It makes California the third state in the union to legalize driverless cars. And on October 18, 2012, Volkswagen a test or tests it says Volkswagen tests drive-by-wire technology that makes vehicles drive themselves to a success. And uh, so that's that's the latest. We've we've got some really great things going on. Uh, I'm working with other states right now: uh, New Jersey, uh, Oklahoma. Uh, those two states are considering driverless vehicle legislation as well. Now, they're not going to be on the market, folks, until all the states uh, legalize the driverless vehicle. Um, and as you can see, we're working with uh, each state to get that done. And when all states have it legal, uh, then we will have these vehicles on the market for sale. Uh, but they passed every test so far. They've done perfectly well. Uh, now Google is working on driving or letting these vehicles drive themselves in snowstorms. And uh, the wonderful thing is, uh, up there in Minnesota, Dave, you guys uh, uh, had the uh, snowplows uh, with MNDOT up there driving themselves on uh, your roads for four or five years now. And they've been very successful uh, automatically driving themselves. So the technology is out there, and Google's going to, to use that technology, and uh, that's what they're going to work on now is seeing these vehicles drive themselves through snowstorms, blizzards, etc.
So well, that at least means that we can drive our vehicles years year around and not just for six months, huh? <laughs> so uh, it's it's very very exciting, and uh, we're going to keep involved. And uh, I would say to your listeners, if you are in a state and you hear about this technology coming to your state. Uh, Get on the horn to your uh, legislators and tell them that you want to see this uh, this legislation passed in your state. Um, and uh, the, right now, it's New Jersey and Oklahoma uh, that are considering. Uh, at the, they're either going to do it in lame duck session this uh, the next month, or they're going to do it in uh, the next session when the new legislatures come in in those states. But uh, your listeners in those two states might want to be on the phone to your state to senators and representatives and say, hey, let's get these, uh, let's get this driverless vehicle legislation approved. And, uh, and so any other state where you think you can get it done, uh, do it. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Because the sooner they get that okay, the sooner these vehicles will be marketed uh, on the market, I should say. And uh, so it's really, really exciting what's going on right now in, the, uh, in this field. And it's going to get even better uh, from here on out. And, I, and I've been seeing uh, on TV, I've been seeing a number of commercials from various companies, and I think the biggest one that's been been advertising it on television probably is Ford with the Focuses, has been doing a lot of uh, showing off the, how their car can park itself and that, and that apparently is already out and on the market. Yes, you are so right, and uh, yeah, the Ford Focus is big for that technology, and uh the next thing you're going to see on the focuses on the 13s and the 14s is the driver assist where it will uh, drive in traffic jams like they were saying here and uh, also the lane keep if the, the vehicle tends to go out of a lane the vehicle will uh, put itself back in the correct lane um, so there you're seeing pieces of it uh, more and more pieces and Ford's leading the way uh, in this uh, as you said they are the, the leaders right now in the technology them and GM are just uh, really really getting on with it there. And it would seem like to me, you know, the more you see that kind of thing, and if you see it in a, in a commercial and see that happen, and the general public is seeing that happen, then it's going to become more acceptable. Uh, because, well, gee, if it can park itself, then it surely shouldn't have a problem. You know, if it can park itself in a, in a jammed parking lot, uh, well, gosh, then it shouldn't have a problem driving on the road, <laughs> you know. Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, this is, this is you know, years ago we talked about this technology. I mean, everybody heard about it somewhere, I'm sure, on TV or on radio. Or, but even the back in the 60s they talked about, someday we'll have vehicles that drive themselves. Well, then in 97 it started in California with uh, Caltrans, what they were working on out there on I-15. And, uh, and now it's just getting better and better and better. And... The more that people see it, it's mainstream now. It's mainstream. It's not mm -hmm. uh, something in the back room somewhere. And uh, the people are getting more exposure to it. You're seeing it almost every day now. I get to articles in my box about driverless vehicles and just letting me know, hey, this is this is mainstream technology. And uh, as a matter of fact, I wish I could uh, tell you where this link came from, but there was a uh, on YouTube there was a man following a driverless vehicle in his own car. He followed this vehicle for 20 miles in California. And first he sees it, and he says, is that what I think it is? It looks like a driverless car. And he said, it is what I think it is. So he follows this vehicle 20 miles, and it drives perfectly. And uh, he said in his uh, post on YouTube, he said, 
I can't believe what I'm seeing right now. This driverless vehicle is driving itself, and it drove. It's driving perfectly, and uh, so more and more people are seeing it uh, out and about. Uh, those of you that live in California, um, don't be surprised if your friends or your family start talking about uh, seeing these vehicles on the roads because uh, there are more and more of them, and you're going to see more and more of them uh, being driven in uh, on different state roads. Now they're not mass marketed yet, but these companies have enough vehicles to test that they are testing them and driving them in all different kinds of con uh, conditions. So don't be surprised if you see one uh, in your neighborhood soon. Okay. What are you hearing as far as the uh, the driverless cars that, that the NFB was involved with? Is that uh, any more news on those kinds of, of things? No, I haven't heard any. It doesn't mean that it's I not happening, but I, I haven't heard anything I, on it. I can tell you, though, that Virginia Tech, the same school that uh, has done those cars, is also working on a driverless vehicle and automated roads uh, technology as well uh, on their test track uh, in the, at uh, Virginia Tech. So they're also working on these vehicles uh, and different connection from uh, vehicle to vehicle. Now, here's the other thing, too, that people need to know, and that's something called V2V, which is vehicle to vehicle. It allows the vehicles to talk to each other. And uh, the National Highway Traffic uh, Safety Administration, NHTSA, uh, and U.S. Department of Transportation, uh, and of a month ago, started a test of 2,000 vehicles in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And this, will t this test will go toward uh, till September of 2013. And these vehicles are talking to each other, telling each vehicle where it is, telling each, uh, each other, the vehicles are telling each other where they're located, and they're avoiding accidents. Uh, if this test is perfected, if it goes perfectly, um, that's another piece of this automated vehicles, because the vehicles will talk to each other as well, and saying, I'm making a turn, I'm turning right onto such and such street, or I'm turning, I'm merging onto the expressway at this next exit or whatever, and it'll talk to the vehicles in front of, behind, and to the right and the left of it. So uh, there's 2,000 of them. Hopefully that test will go well, and if it does, you'll see the vehicle-to-vehicle -vehicle communication uh, happening between automated vehicles as well. So then I guess our biggest concern is going to have to be, okay, you know, um, I, there are folks out there driving cars that are 5, 10, years old or older, and how is that going to impact um, the driverless cars? I mean, we, we could have the the cars that can do this, but um, do we know whether they, there's things being put into these driverless cars that are going to be aware of vehicles around them that may not have this new technology? Yes, because the vehicles will, the vehicle can see uh, 360 degrees, so it can see a full circle around it, uh, and so it will see vehicles, that, and it already does, see vehicles to the front, in the front, to the right, to the left, and behind it. So um, it's going to see all the vehicles around it. Also, you're probably going to see a kit available, just like OnStar, just like Best Buy and other mm -hmm. places now are putting OnStar on vehicles. Mm -hmm. uh, you're going to have that kind of a kit available uh, with the automation uh, available to drivers to be put onto their vehicles. Okay. So that's that's probably how it's going to happen. And I know I read something here not too long ago that 
when, you know, people were concerned that when these cars come out, that they're going to be, you know, a lot of people said, oh, they're going to be so expensive. And I read something here not too long ago. Um, in fact, it was written uh, as part of an article of when uh, Jerry Brown uh, signed the law there in California. And they said, actually, and I believe this was General Motors that said this, uh, actually, they estimate that the automation is only going to add a couple thousand dollars to the regular price. That is correct. Approximately three to four thousand dollars, which really blew me away as well. I, I thought it would be a lot more expensive. Yeah, so did I. I thought it would be a lot more expensive. And to hear that, you know, somewhere between two and four thousand, that's, that's reasonable. <laughs> yeah, it is. And so that's going to be a great thing for everybody. And you'll be able to take these older vehicles and you won't have to junk them. You'll be able to, uh, you'll be able to use them and, uh, they'll be automated and so that's that's just a tremendous thing because a lot of people were concerned about that well how are they going to work well that's that's what they're going to do they'll put a kit on it and you'll just be uh, you'll have automation that way available to you mm-hmm mm-hmm okay okay so at this point we have what three states where that have legalized it yes uh nevada california and florida I knew I wanted to, to uh, retire in one of those three states. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> when the They're time comes. In the front. You know, California is always, always in the front on everything, it seems like, and uh, they're, they're, they're doing it again. Yeah, yeah. And um, we, we've, we've got General Motors, we've got Ford, we've got um, Toyota, and... Um, I remember you telling us last time about the folks at BMW driving their car on the on the uh, autobahn, and that uh, that's correct. Sounded pretty 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 neat. Yeah, especially with the autobahn having no speed limit. Yeah, yeah. Well, I tell you, the, uh, the is there anything uh, any other one of the things that you, you want to tell us about on these? Or is there uh, uh, before I before I tell you that I'm I'm waiting for the Jetson car. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, no, there's nothing new other than that. Just people okay. need to be uh, need to be aware of what's going on and, and keep your ears uh, tuned, folks. And uh, when you hear about it in your state, uh, make sure you get on the phone to your uh, your state senators and representatives and say, "Hey, we need this technology," and to your governors to sign the bills. Well, not um, only yeah, not only that. If you're you know if you're in an organization or organization for the mind, talk to the talk to the people in your organization and try to get get to get your legislators started on it. Absolutely. Good good uh, good words there. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there there's some um, there's something to be said for taking a proactive approach and being the ones that go and say, "Hey, did you know?" <laughs> That's right. Did you know you are not the first state, and there's already three ahead of you. Do you really want to end up being number fifty? You know. That's right. And um, there's no reason of no reason for not doing that. Oh, you betcha! And, because it's only going to get better from here on out. Yeah, yeah. And and I was not aware that the uh, that the snow removal vehicles here in our state were using some of this automation. That's yes, the, your state highway, uh, your state transit, your MN dot snow plows are fully automated, and uh, they've done very, very well in uh, snowstorms uh, on uh, Minnesota highways. 
Well, if they can do well on Minnesota highways, they could do well on any highway, I think. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you guys get a lot of snow up there. We, we do. Yes, we do. We certainly do. Well, thank you again for coming on, Harry, with all this fantastically exciting news. I can hardly, <laughs> I can hardly stand awake. <laughs> yeah, I know you're getting ready with that uh, Camaro. I think you said you wanted. Yeah, I, I really want a Camaro. Yeah, I, I, I don't really blame. Want, I don't blame. I really want, I want a Camaro. Whatever I want, I just want to get the most mileage I can get. And when we get up to 150 uh, miles an hour, when that uh, when that happens after automation, uh, after all the vehicles are out there, uh, it's going to be. Uh, Really incredible. You'll feel like you're flying instead of driving. Well, and, you know, and in and, and everything I read about these, and I'll tell you what, folks, if you want to see, if you want to blow your mind, just go to Google. Go to Google and do a search for, for driverless vehicles. You'll get pages worth of listings. I mean, literally pages worth of listings on Google. You just put driverless vehicle, and you will be amazed at how many pages of information you will get. Yeah, it used to be. Uh, it used to be you could do a search for that like five, ten years. You no, know, five to ten years ago, you'd see maybe four or five. Uh, not anymore. You'll see it'll say in the results. So about uh, tw- twenty million pages. Exactly. Yep. That's right. That's right. You sure will. And, and 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 so, uh, it, you know, it's <laughs> getting to be one of those areas that you can spend full time doing nothing research in that. <laughs> Absolutely. But uh, it, it's an exciting time, and uh, we're already seeing the first beginnings of it actually on cars that are out there on the in the public. And they say, you know, everybody that you hear talking about about it that's doing work with it says you know the fact is um the big reason for getting it out there is we know that it is going to save lives it's going to it's going to make driving is safer being on the road safer for everybody that's right absolutely you know, because these devices won't have have open cans of uh, uh whatever you know mm. uh or they won't be texting you know uh, That's right. And, and so our roads are going to be so much safer that, um, you know, it's not just it's not just that we're pushing that for that for the driverless vehicles for the, for blind and visually impaired. That's right. We're driving it for the safety of everybody. Whenever I talk to people in the media, I, I'm always talking about uh, not only the blind, but I'm always talking about just mainstream for everybody. Yeah. I mean, when you can take a vehicle, and eventually, folks, you're not going to need bumpers because they're not going to have accidents. So you take the bumpers off. You take the mirrors off. You're not going to need to see the mirror. You, you take the uh, take the uh, oh other kinds of things that are on vehicles that, uh, that are accident prone. Take the seat belts out. You're not going to need seat belts. Um, the lighter the vehicle, uh, it'll be even cheaper, and the vehicle will go even faster because you're taking any piece of equipment that you can take off a vehicle to make it more uh, aerodynamic. Uh, you want to do that, but we haven't been able to do that, of course, now because it's not automated yet. But when everything is automated, uh, when those vehicles come out on the market and the older vehicles are automated as well, you're going to take all this stuff off vehicles that we've always had. Airbags? You don't want to eat airbags. So, 
and get ready because your insurance bills are only going to be like $10 a month for car insurance, and it's only going to be for weather damage because you're not going to have accidents anymore. Well, the other thing it's going to do is it's going to bring down, even if we're, even if it, by that point we're still using gas vehicles, uh, because the these automations and uh, this technology is going to drive more efficiently, uh, it's going to end up, you're going to save a lot per gallon on gasoline and so forth too. Absolutely, and we're not going to need to build new roads uh, because with the faster speeds and the vehicles so close together, you can space them apart about an inch, inch to two inches, wow. literally. Wow. And because of the spacing, they'll be so close to each other, you're not going to have congestion. So it's going to be a win-win for the government because they're not going to have to build new roads. Mm-hmm. Mm, boy. Well, that is absolutely fantastic. Thank you for all the fantastic information. Oh, you're more than welcome. And it, it's, it's always good to have you come on and update us. Um, and we'll look forward to having you back sometime in the first part of next year. I look forward to it. We'll have some, uh, probably a lot more news uh, heading it, it down that further down the direction. following presentation is brought to you on Main Menu, courtesy of David Woodbridge and Vision Australia. To find out more about Vision Australia, visit them on the web at www.visionaustralia.org. Vision Australia. Blindness and low vision services. Welcome to this demonstration of the new iPod Nano 7th generation. And in this demonstration, I thought I'd take you through some of the things to do with the new iPod Nano 7th generation, including a physical description, setting it up via iTunes, exploring the interface of the new layout on the iPod Nano, pairing it to a Bluetooth speaker, playing some music and the radio as well. So I've currently got the iPod Nano 7th generation in my hand and it's a rectangular shape. It still has the touchscreen interface like the earlier iPod Nano had, which was the small square, almost like a clock watch on your wrist. And I like to think of this new Nano as if it was a little iPhone, because the way it's laid out, it reminds me of an iPhone. So I'm holding it in portrait mode, so it's long ways. So up the top right hand side edge on the iPod Nano is the power slash sleep button. On the left hand edge towards the top you have a rocker switch, top part of which is up, the bottom part of which is down, and in the middle is play pause. The top and bottom parts volume up or volume down. Then the bottom edge on the left hand side or at the bottom is the 3.5mm headphone jack and over on the right hand side is of course the small lightning connector. So you no longer have a 30 pin connector as you did in the previous Nano, it's now the small lightning connector. And of course on the front face is the touchscreen and down the, towards the bottom of the touchscreen in the middle just above the bottom edge of course is now a very nice round home button. A course that you have on the iPod Touch 
iPhone and iPad. So let me just put it down for the moment. Now I've currently got my iPod Nano 7th generation already plugged into my Mac in this case. And I've currently got iTunes running. I'm going to jump to the source table in iTunes with the voiceover command VO command T. Of course remembering that the VO keys are the control and option keys held down together. So that's VO command T or control option command T and I'll do that now. Sources table. Okay, now I happen to know that the name of my iPod Nano 7th generation is called David Woodbridge's iPod Nano. So I'm just going to type in DAV. David Woodbridge iPod 7th battery charged. And I'm on the right spot. It's currently charged. So I'm going to do VO right arrow. Or option right arrow. Summary. Selected radio button. One of eight. Okay, so I've got eight tabs, or as voiceover calls them, radio buttons. So we've got summary, and I'm going to do VO right arrow control option right to go through the next ones. Music, radio button, two of eight. Music. Movies, radio movies, button. TV shows, radio button, TV four shows. of eight. Podcasts, radio button, five of eight. Podcasts. Books, radio button, six of eight. Books. Photos, radio button, seven of eight. Photos, and finally. Nike plus iPod, radio button, eight of eight. Nike plus iPod. Now summary is already selected. And I want to show you two things that you can do when you're in the summary tab or the summary radio button. So I'm going to do VO right arrow contraption right arrow one more time. Scroll area. Scroll area. Interact with the scroller with shift VO dinner or shift contraption dinner. Interact with scroll area. 25 items. So I jump to the bottom of this window with shift VO end. Of course, on a MacBook Pro keyboard, I'm really doing shift function VO or control option right arrow because of course the function key turns the right arrow into the end key. So shift, VO, end. Configure universal access button. Okay, now if you want to have a look at universal access, because remember that the speech of the iPod Nano comes from the computer. It's not inherent as such in the device as it would be on the more traditional iPod Touch, iPad or iPhone. So I'm going to do VO spacebar, control option spacebar. Universal access, seeing, Hearing. VO right arrow, control option right arrow. Use voiceover, check checkbox. Okay, and as you tell, mine's already checked. And of course, if it wasn't, you could just do VO spacebar, control option spacebar to select it. Okay, I'm going to do VO right arrow, control option right arrow. Use white on black display, uncheck checkbox. Use white on black display, and again, I could check that with VO spacebar, control option spacebar. Hearing. Hearing, so VO right arrow, control option right arrow. Use mono audio. Uncheck checkbox. And use mono audio. So VO space prior control space. I want to check that as well. And if I do one more time. Cancel button. I cancel button. And again. OK. Default button. OK button. And again. OK. Default okay, button. At the end of the window. Now I'm just going to press enter as it's the default on the OK button. Now in iTunes window. Configure universal access button. Now I want to show you one more thing that people might have forgotten about the Nano. I'm just going to do VO left arrow, control option left arrow. Enable disk use, check checkbox. Now, this is actually not checked by default. I checked it, but it means I can actually use my iPod Nano as if it were a USB stick. So I can copy files onto the iPod Nano. In my case, if you have this checked on. And if you do have it checked on, you've actually got to eject the iPod Nano when you're finished using it. If you don't have this check, you can just pull the cable out when it's, once it's finished syncing with the iPod Nano. 
Okay, so that's basically the two things to do with the computer. The universal access enabling and the enable disuse checkbox and check it on or check it on if you want to use it. So let me uninteract with this scroll area. So I'm going to do shift VO up arrow or shift control option up arrow to uninteract. Stop interacting with scroll area. And if I do VO left arrow control option left arrow. Nike plus iPod radio button back to activate. Radio buttons or tabs, that's the Nike one. Photos, radio button, seven photos, of eight. Photos, I haven't worried about photos. Books, radio button, six of eight. Now books, basically I've transferred quite a lot of my audio books over to the iPod Nano. So if I went into that, for example, I'll just show you what it's like. So I'm going to do VO spacebar, control and spacebar to select it. Press, books, radio button, six of eight. Okay, VO right arrow, control and right arrow. Photos, radio button, seven of eight. Nike plus iPod, radio button, 8 of 8. Scroll area. There's our scroll area again. I'm going to interact with it with Shift VO Denner, Shift Control Option Denner. Interact with scroll area. Four items, sync audiobooks, check checkbox, sync audiobooks, check checkbox. Okay, and I, of course, check that on with VO Spacebar, Control Option Spacebar to sync audiobooks. And, of course, I could sync all audiobooks or select specific audiobooks to transfer over, over to the iPod Nano. Let me uninteract with Shift VO up arrow, Shift Control Option up arrow. Stop interacting with scroll area. And then VO left arrow, Control Option left arrow. Nike plus I, photos, read books, select podcasts, radio button, five of eight. Okay, podcasts, so I can select to transfer a select podcast or all my podcasts over to the iPod Nano. The same deal with the book option. TV shows, radio button, four of eight. TV shows, again, to select TV shows, all or selected movies radio button three of eight same thing with movies all or selected movies music radio button two of eight music all or selected movies and I did the same thing with that again summary radio button one of eight and we're back to the summary tab and of course if I want to select that again I could do VO spacebar contraption spacebar okay so I'm going to come back and keep going back to the left to get back to my source table VO left arrow contraption left arrow sources table Row 15 of 30. Okay, now since that's currently selected and it's in focus, I'm just going to do Command E now to eject the iPod Nano out of my Mac, out of iTunes. Eject David Woodbridge iPod 70H. Voiceover on. Home. Music. Double tap to open. Okay, and you heard the Nano speak as it was ejected. Okay, so we're finished with the computer at the moment. I've actually now got the iPod Nano in my hand. And of course, I've got it in portrait mode, so I've got the home button down the bottom and the power slash sleep button at the top. So I'm just going to press the home button to wake it up. Okay, so now before I get into the nitty gritty of voiceover and accessibility on the iPod Nano, let's just have a browse around on the screen. 1326, status bar item. Okay, so I just touch the top of the screen in the middle, and that's the status line, it's the current time. If I do one finger flick to the left, can't go any further. Now these gestures are very similar to the gestures that you'll be using on iPhone, iPod Touch or iPad. So one finger flick to the left or to the right moves you to the previous or next item. 100% battery power charged on yeah, AC power. 100% battery power on AC power because it's currently still plugged into my Mac even though I've ejected it. Music. Double tap to open. Okay, music. And of course we have the hints. Double tap to open. Videos. Double tap to open. Videos, i.e. TV shows and movies. One finger flick to the right again. Fitness. Double tap to open. Fitness. That's for the pedometer to do with walking and running. And again, that's a 
course, fully accessible. Podcasts. Double tap to open. Podcasts are via podcasts. Photos. Double tap to open. Photos for photos. Radio. Double tap to open. Radio is for the built-in FM radio, and of course you have to have headphones on to listen to that. And that will not play through a Bluetooth speaker. So one finger flick to the right again. Page one of two. Page one of two, and I flick again. That's the end of it. If I do a one finger flick up. Page two of two. Clock. I've gone to page two, and it's put the focus on the clock. 100% back. Clock. Double tap to open. Which is the first item on the second screen. Now, you actually don't have to find that slider. You can actually do a one finger flick up or down to scroll the screen up and down. So remember with voiceover commands and for visual reasons, it's the reverse way you'd actually think it would be. So if I do a one finger flick down, it'll scroll the screen up. Page one of two, music, double tap to open. Okay, page one of two, now back to the first page, and again it said music because that's the first item. If I do a one finger flick up. Page two of two, clock. Double tap to open. I'm on page two of two on the first item, which is the clock. So you don't have to use that little slider to switch between page one and page two. So we're on clock. The clock includes quite a few things. So let me just double tap on it quickly, show you. Friday, October 26th. Two, one finger flick to the right. 13.30 p.m. Page one of three. Okay, page one of three. So the first screen is the clock. Scroll the screen to the second page. I'm going to do a two finger flick to the left. Page two of three. Zero minutes and zero seconds. Okay, that's zero minutes and zero seconds. If I do one finger flick to the left now. 100% battery power. Stopwatch. Status bar item. Okay, there's the stopwatch heading. So this one's the stopwatch. That's the second screen. And the third screen, two finger scroll to the left or two finger flick to the left. Page three of three. Two hours. Now, you would imagine that you would do one finger flick to the left to find the heading for this screen, and it's not. I have to do one finger flick to the right. 16 minutes. When timer ends. Set timer event. Button. Okay, so this one's the timer. Okay, so the first screen is the clock, second screen is the stopwatch, third screen is the timer. And of course, if I wanted to come back out of the clock and return to the home screen, I can just press the home button. I'll do that now. So we're going to press the home button. Home, clock, double tap to open. Okay, we're back to clock. So do one finger flick to the right to get the rest of the items on the screen. Settings, double tap to open. There's settings, one finger flick to the right again. Audio books, double tap to open. Audio books. Page two of two. Okay, and page two of two, which is of course that slider. Now we want to get to settings and make some adjustments to accessibility because I want to show you something very cool about accessibility on the iPod Nano now. Settings, double tap to open. Double tap on settings. Settings, Bluetooth, off. Bluetooth is now of course available on the iPod Nano and we'll do that in a minute to actually Bluetooth the iPod Nano to my Jambox. For the moment I want to show you accessibility. So it's in where you'd think it would be under general. So one finger flick to the right. General. One finger double tap on general. General. About. And one finger flick to the right to get over to accessibility. Brightness. Wallpaper. Date and time. Language. Accessibility. Okay, one finger double tap on accessibility. Accessibility. Voiceover. Okay, there's voiceover and we went into voiceover. One finger double tap. Voiceover. Voiceover. Switch. Button. On. Okay, double tap to toggle flick to the right. Voiceover speaks items on the screen. To select an item. I'm no, just one finger flicking to the right at the moment. To activate the selected item, double tap. To scroll, flick one finger. Speak hints, switch, button, on. Double tap to toggle setting. Okay, so there you can turn the hints off by just doing one finger double tap. Speaking rate. Speaking rate, one finger flick to the right. Speaking rate 56%. Adjustable. Okay, it's currently 56%. I'm going to slow it down now. Speaking rate, four. Speaking rate 36. Speaking rate 26%. 
Okay, so I'll slide it right down to 26% now. One finger flick to the right. Language. Language. And that's it. So in language, one finger double tap. Voice over language. English, Australia. English, UK. English, UK. English, US. English, US. Okay, so I'm going to leave mine on Australian. Now I want to get back to the previous screen. So I'm going to do a two finger flick to the right. Voice over. Language. Okay, I've gone back to the previous screen. And do it again. Two finger flick to the right. Accessibility. Voice over. Okay, so back to the main accessibility screen. Back on voiceover. One finger flick to the right. Mono audio. Switch. Button. Off. That's mono Double audio. Tap to stereo. Invert colors. Invert Switch. colors. Button. But the Off. really exciting Double feature is one setting. more. Triple click home. Triple click home. So we have triple click on the iPod Nano now. So let's go into that with one finger double tap. Triple click home. Off. And one finger flick to the right. Toggle voiceover. Select. Toggle voiceover, which is I've current which is what I've currently got. Toggle invert colours. Toggle invert colours. Okay, so you can have it off, voiceover, or toggle invert colours. So if I press my home button three times now, one, two, three. Voiceover off. Voiceover off. And triple click again with the home button. One, two, three. Voiceover on. Triple click it's home. back on again. Toggle invert colours. Okay, very similar, of course, or exactly the same to what we have on the iPod Touch, iPad, and iPhone. I want to get back to Bluetooth, so I'm actually going to go back from the top again rather than going back screen by screen with the two finger swipe to the right. So I'm going to press the home button. Home. Settings. Okay, double one finger double tap on settings. Settings. Bluetooth. Off. Okay, and there's Bluetooth. Okay, so let me just put my Nano down for the moment. I'm going to turn my Jambox onto pairing. I'm going to push the power button up on the Jambox to put it in pairing mode. Hold it in. Screen dim. Jambox is in bearing mode. Okay, Waiting one for device double tap. to connect. General. Bluetooth. Off. One finger double tap. Bluetooth. Turn on. Bluetooth. Switch. Button. Off. Bluetooth. Bluetooth. On. Okay, it's now on. So one finger double tap to turn Bluetooth. the Bluetooth on. On. One finger flick to the right. Devices. Devices. Jambox by jawbone. Not There's paired. There's my Jambox. Not currently paired. One finger double tap. Jambox by jawbone. Connecting. Jambox by doorbone. Connecting. Jambox paired. Okay, so my Jambox is now currently paired, so I press the home button. Home. Settings. Double tap to open. Okay, that's the speech now coming out of the Jambox. I'm going to take the cable that's going to my mixer out of my iPod Nano. And we can now use it with my Bluetooth speaker, which is extremely nice. So now I can show you how to play some music. So I press my home button. Settings, double tap to open. Music, double tap to open. Okay, so one finger double tap on music. Music, now playing. Don't fence me in Roy Rogers. <laughs> Genius mixes, playlists, artists, albums. Okay, I'm just one finger flicking through to albums. One finger double tap. Albums. All songs. Okay, 790 songs. Abba Gold. Okay, let's choose Abba. Abba Gold. Shuffle. Okay, let's shuffle. Dancing Queen. Okay, one finger double tap. Pause. Button. Play. Button. Okay, I just paused it. <laughs> Let me just turn my volume down on my jam box. I'm going to press the minus button. That's it. 
Now what I did then to pause it, I actually pressed the play pause button on the left hand side of the iPod Nano itself. If we explore the screen now that I've got a music track running, Ever. touch towards the top of the screen, that's the title of the track. One finger flick to the right. Double tap for playback controls. Double tap for playback controls. Previous track. That's previous track. Play. Play. Next track. Next track. Select audio device. And select audio device. So if I wanted to, for sound output, I could switch back to headphones. If I also had my headphones still plugged into the iPod Nano, so I can switch between headphone and door in my case here the Bluetooth speaker. Okay, but as I said before, I can also press the play button on the left hand side in the middle. Press it now. And it starts playing. Press it again, it stops. Press it again. And I can press the volume down now on the actual iPod Nano itself. Okay, takes the volume down. Okay, if I want to go to the next track, I press that play button twice. One, two. Okay, next track. Press it twice again. If I want to go to the previous track, I press it three times. One, two, three. Okay, one, two, three. There we go. Okay, so I just paused it with the play pause button again. And if you hold that button in, you can actually also switch between play tracks. It'll give you the name of the current song, etc. That's probably the reason why the iPod Nano earpods that come with the iPhone don't actually come with a clicker stroke microphone on the cable because that clicker, the play pause, the volume up and volume down is actually on the iPod Nano. The only thing that's missing, of course, is that you can't take advantage of the voice memo function that's also in the iPod Nano without using a headset that's got the microphone built into it. So for example, let me plug my ePod earphones in from my iPhone 5 into the iPod Nano, which of course has got the microphone on it. Now if I press the home button now to come out of the music, okay, now because I plugged in the headphones, it's automatically switched back to my headphones. Now I actually want to put it back to the Bluetooth speaker, and the easiest way to do that, I'm actually just going to make sure the screen's locked, so I'm just going to press power sleep button to lock it. Wake it up again by pressing the home button and we get play controls now. I'm going to do one finger flick to the right. Select audio device, one finger double tap. So iPod's current selected because I've got my headphones plugged in, one finger flick to the right. There's Jambox, one finger double tap. Play. Okay, so I've now got audio now going back out for the Bluetooth, even though I've still got my headphones plugged in. I press the home button. Home. Photos. Double tap to open. Now I want to go. Oops. Music. Double tap to open. Now I want to go to the next screen. So I'm going to do one finger flick up. Page two of two. Cloth. And now for one finger open. flick to the right. Settings. Audio book. Voice memos. We've now got voice memos because I've got my earpods plugged in and I've got the microphone. So let's go back to the first screen. So I'm going to do one finger flick down. Page one of two. Music. Double tap to open. Now for this demonstration, I want to just end up with playing you the radio. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take my earpods out. Because if I started playing them now, you're not actually going to hear it because it's actually going to go through my earpods rather than through the actual Bluetooth speaker. Yes. So I'm going to take my headphones out, plug in my mixer again. Okay, I'm just going to touch towards the top of the screen to see where I am. Music. Double tap to open. 
music. Double tap okay, to open. Music. So one finger flick to the right to get down to radio. And of course, you can also drag your finger around the screen to find these items as well if you also wanted to. So but I'm going to do one finger flick to the right. Videos, fitness, podcast, photos, radio. Okay, there's double radio. Tap to open. One finger double tap. Okay, so it's now playing the radio. If I press the play pause button, it pauses it. If I press it again, plays it. And if I touch towards the top of the screen while it's playing, it's current time. Keep one finger flicking to the right. Playing radio, 90% battery power. 93.3 FM. That's the current item of the station. Favorite button. That's my tuna bar. So if I want to switch back to my local ABC radio, one finger flick down. 93.1 FM. 92.9 FM. 92.7 FM. 92.5 FM. Because um, death was a part of life. Okay, the and they're actually so talking you, um, about so a graveyard on the central coast of the moon. But I can pause that. Okay, and I'll pause the radio. And there's other features in the radio which I won't go through now. But just keep in mind that when you're playing the radio, the audio will not go through the Bluetooth speakers as far as I know. It just goes through your headphones. Okay, and press the home button. Home. Radio. Double tap to open. And why don't we finish off by listening just to an audio book. So one finger flick up. Page two of two. Clock. One finger double flick to the open. right. Settings. Audio books. One finger double tap. Audio books. Area seven. Unabridged. Matthew okay, that's Riley. Area 7 by Matthew Rowling, and I have one finger double tap on that. Of course, if I have one finger flick to the right, Arrows of the Queen. Okay, there's the rest of my books, etc. So, one finger flick to the left, one finger double tap. Area 7, unabridged. CD1 track 1, 0 minutes and 23 seconds. Okay, Chapter CD1 one. track 1, one finger double tap. Area 7, unabridged. Chapter 1, 0 minutes and 23 seconds. Resume. Okay, one finger double tap. Details whether available and forthcoming Belinda audiobook releases can be found at the end of this recording. Okay, now play pause to stop the book from playing. And of course, to get back to the main home screen. Home. Audiobooks. Double tap to open. Okay, I'm back to the home screen. Now, I'm just going to show you something that I didn't really show you before with the music playing. If I press the power button. Screen off. And press the home button again. Play. One finger double tap. Okay, the screen with the power slip button again. Okay, so it's going to keep playing even though the screen's now locked, of course. So that's how it goes for the music, the radio as well. Okay, if I press the play pause button. Okay, I can still control the, the iPod Nano playing the, in this case, the audio book. Press it again. I'll try to be quick. Sincere thanks once again to okay, Natalie And just one final note, when the screen's sitting there doing nothing, you'll get a screen dim message after about 30 seconds and then after that for a little while longer, it will then lock the screen automatically to try and save battery power. So this concludes the demonstration of the iPod Nano 7th generation. I basically show you how to, if you need to, enable voiceover on the iPod Nano how to enable it for disk usage if you like and then I actually went through a physical description of the iPod Nano itself I then went through the main screens of the iPod Nano the two main screens we talked about some gestures for flicking through and scrolling up and down and left and right 
I then went into the settings, general accessibility on the second screen, and we talked about voiceover, and of course the fantastic new feature of using triple click home to turn voiceover on and off. We went through pairing the iPod Nano to, in my case, my Bluetooth Jambox. Did a demo of playing music, using the radio, and then finally a demonstration of playing an audiobook. So I hope you've enjoyed this demonstration of the iPod Nano, 7th generation. Thanks for listening and bye for now. Vision Australia. Blindness and low vision services. Hi, I'm Chase Crispin, the executive producer of Main Menu. I'm here today to invite you, the listener, to submit to Main Menu. Do you have an accessible game, appliance, piece of software, hardware device, or anything else that you would like to demo that you have not heard about here on Main Menu? If so, are you interested in submitting a review of this product to Main Menu? If so, please first email mainmenu at acbradio.org. In that email, make sure to tell us what you would like to cover for Main Menu. If this is a topic that we are interested in and has not been recently covered, we will be glad to have you submit this piece to the show. Begin to record your piece by eliminating all background noise, including TVs, radios, other people talking, loud fans, etc. If applicable, turn down the speech rate on the device that you are demoing. Once you have recorded your file, it is recommended that you edit the submission. If you can save your file in MP3 format, please encode your file at 128 kbps, 44.1 kHz, stereo. If you must use another format, bit rate, or sampling rate, we can take care of the conversion for you. However, we recommend that you get your submission to us in the format previously mentioned. It is also recommended that you edit your piece. This may include editing out long pauses, mistakes, a lot of ums, or other fumble words. If you are not able to edit your piece but you feel it needs edited, please email us at mainmenu at acbradio.org and someone on the Main Menu production team can edit your submission for you. You can also contact the production team by visiting mainmenu.acbradio.org and clicking on the staff directory link. Once you have your file ready, please contact us at the email address previously mentioned and we will let you know how to get your submission to us, and we will also let you know when it will be able to be aired on the show. We appreciate your continued interest and support in ACB Radio's main menu, and we look forward to hearing you on the show. On behalf of the entire Main Menu staff, I'd like to thank you for being with us today here on 